Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the JHM Junior High Ministry podcast from Mariner's Church. I'm Justin. Hey, I'm Jeremy. And, uh, you know, happy February 20th. So yeah. glad you joined us this morning. This is a really good day. Uh, one, because I just turned 33 yesterday. Dude, 43 never looked so good on you. 33. 33. Exactly. 53. The age of Jesus. A very holy age. That's that could be very bad for you then if you die and resurrect this year. I'm going to stay away from all the accountants this year just to play it safe. So there you go. Um, but we're also launching a brand new series, which we did this past weekend, called Making Sense. That's right. And I love, for. I love this series because it you know, just deals with money and, and possessions and stuff and kind of unpacking what it means to be generous as junior hires. And last year, I mean, a lot of people remember, we last year we did a whole thing with Dave Ramsey and... Money Dave. A, Money Dave. Who doesn't remember Money Dave? We should probably pull some of those old clips out, to be honest. And... Um, and it was just a really great time of learning about money and generosity and what we had and, you know, making wise choices. Um, and we thought it went so well that we did three weeks of it this year. That's right. So we love it. We can't wait to dive into this stuff together. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that, that even this weekend as we started the series, one of the things that was stirring in me was, was just this question of, of how am I being generous with what I've been given? Because, you know, like we've all been given time and, and talents and money and resources and, and how am I being generous specifically through tithing. Like how am I, uh, you know, giving back to God what I've been given and realizing that it's all a gift in the first place. Yeah. The, the, I'm excited because the uniquely, and you've heard, you heard me talk about it this past week. Um, uniquely, we are going to make sure that tithing is something that we learn about and that we start doing. Um, we have tithe boxes in the back. We talk about it sometimes, not really all the time, um, but we're, we're really figuring out how to make sure that we as a junior high ministry know what tithing is, why it's important. And uh, so I'm excited to learn that over the next couple of weeks as well. That's right. It's going to be a great journey. So join us. Don't miss these weekends. It's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be great. So, um, and baptism class was last weekend. So if you missed it, let us know and we can totally figure it out. Baptisms are happening next week um, in junior high That's over right. by the baptismal. After the 9 and the 11. Yep. And then, you know, in just a, just a few short days and weeks, we have the best, even better than the best, epic all-nighter. Oh, it's going to be so good. It's March 2nd overnight to the third, yep. 60 bucks for the best night of your life. It's just going to be a blast. And a lot of parents don't know this. So, and I think maybe this is the first time we're talking about it. The reason we picked the all-nighter, the date that we did, is because there's a parent thing happening that night for, um, for the parents of our church. There's a marriage thing happening with Doug Fields and Jim Burns. And um, so parents, you should go to that and then leave your students with us. And then, you know, Enjoy the night, enjoy a date night or whatever. Totally, and we'll, a, night, a night without your kids. What a gift! Yeah, what a gift. And you know, st- students listening to this don't you know feel hurt. You know, there's nothing wrong with the parents having a night without. They love you. You know, you. They love you. We love you, and we. That's why we plan all nighters for you. So make sure you sign up. It's gonna be great. Once again, if you love the podcast, go to iTunes, leave a five star review, let people know that you're digging it. Helps us out a ton. Um, hope you have a blast. Keep doing it. See you guys soon. Later. Life's better in JHM because... You are in JHM. Totally true. See you guys later. He likes a football team called the Buffalo Bills. And uh, my favorite team, the Los Angeles Chargers... Boo! Boo! They're a homeless team! Had the exact same record this year and beat the Bills head-to-head. And for some stupid reason, the Bills got into the playoffs and the Chargers did not. So... 
if you are a Chargers fan, you have every reason to be upset with Justin about that. But other than that, I love, love, love that guy. I love being here. All right. Um, so fun to be with you guys here this morning. Like Justin said, we are diving in the next three weeks here in JHM. We're talking about this idea of making sense. It's a little bit of a play on words. We're talking about this idea, thanks Jeremy, of money. Of money and, and how money is something that for all of us we have an opinion about. If I was to talk to you really quick for a quick moment, if I was to pull one of you on stage or I was to talk to you in the corner for a second and say, hey, tell me about your relationship with money, you might look at me a little funny. You might say, wait, Kevin, I don't have a relationship with money. And I would say, well, you kind of do. Because all of us act, interact, and relate to money in a unique way. In fact, I think for a lot of us, this might be a really weird way to say it. But we act towards money like we act towards a crush. We want it, and we obsess about it, and we think about all the things that we can do if we get it. If I get this crush, if Valentine's Day worked out, man, we're going to be so awesome. The social status is going to be great. We can do so much. But this is a cool thing with money. We think about, man, if I get that money, if I make that money, if I get these possessions, whatever it might be, I can do so much with it. So here's the question that I want to ask you really quick. If I gave you, if I was to right now pull out my wallet and give every single one of you a $1,000 bill, and I told you that you have to get rid of that $1,000 bill in the next 24 hours. Here's my question. What would you do with the money? Talk to one or two people next to you really quick. What would you do with the money if I gave you $1,000 right now? All right, all right. Here's what we're going to do. Um, if you guys have something, just like raise your hand and kind of I'll point to you. You can shout it out really quick. Point it to you. Okay. Okay. Stand up real quick and just shout Wait, it out. Here oh, I am. Mike, there we go. Perfect. All right, you got a thousand bucks. You have to get rid of it, spend it in the next Fortnite 24 hours. Bucks. What? Oh, yeah. What? Fortnite V-Bucks. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, can you explain what that is to the old people? It's the dank game. It's a dank game. It's okay, a dank, okay. dank game. All right, cool. Let's see what else. Who, who else do we have in here? What would you spend if you had a thousand bucks? An iPhone X. An iPhone X. IPhone okay. X. Yep. All right. What else? What else? What else? Just, just say it loud. Charity. 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 Yeah, come on, Grace. His right. mom works. You, you would meet a girl named Charity and you would spend $1,000 on her? Lots of flowers for Charity. No, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, cool. Uh, I think. X. What, what did you say? iPhone X. iPhone X, all wow, right, two double. of those. All right, all right. Yeah. Cool, what else? I think, yep. Del- Delaney would shave the rest of Justin's beard. Yeah, what do we got, Delaney? Here, Jeremy, you got some ladies over here and some back here as well. What do we got, Delaney? What would you spend the money on? Get your sister swag. Wow, That's good. so cool. All right, all right. Delaney. Um, I would give five hundred dollars to the poor, and I would then buy like a new house for my family. Oh, sounds <laughs> okay. All right, all right. That Can works. Yeah, I'm that down. Works. That I works. like it. All right, we got time for like two more. I think Justin behind you. Oh, there you go. Here we go. Back row. There's a few ladies, right? I would spend it for. I would like save it for college. Save for college. Nice. Okay. Good right. thinking. Bitcoin. Yep. All right. And then just there's one or two back there. Yep. 
Uh, we got one right here. I would get um spend um I would give half to my family and then spend it on something else. What would you spend Dude. the other half on? Come on. Um, video games. Okay, here, here we go. go. Here's one back here. I'd donate half to charity and then use the rest for college. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. These are my life group. All right, well, here's the thing. Whenever I come and spend time in Irvine, I know that you guys are all, like, investment-minded 12-year-olds. <laughs> it's crazy. But, but think about this. Like, you guys said all these different things. All of us, with this question, what would you do with $1,000 if you have to get rid of it right now? Here's what you guys said. One of you guys, or a few of you guys, would apparently buy some dank game that I'm too old to understand what it is. Two of you guys said you would buy an iPhone X. One of you said you would just swag out your sister. Someone said they would give it to charity. Someone said they would give it to the poor. Someone said they would buy a new house. Someone said they would invest it towards college. And another person said they would use it for video games. And I think here's the thing. I think if I asked you guys this question, I think a lot of us have been around church just enough that we know almost the right churchy answers. To where there's nothing wrong, and I love, and we'll actually talk a lot over the next couple of weeks about giving away to charity and to the poor and all those things. But if I was to really like just give you $1,000 right now and say, you don't have to share anything on stage, what are you going to do with it? And I think a lot of us would say, yeah, I would give some away. But for most of us, we have that thing instantly in our mind. Last night, someone just like quickly shouted out. They were just like, surfboard! And I was right there with them because that's kind of what I'm in the market for myself. And what we recognize is that all of us, like I said a few minutes ago, have something of a relationship to money to where we know we're obsessed enough that we're always thinking about what we could get if we got more money. That if you were given a little more allowance, you would know what you would do with that. If grandma cut you a little bigger check at Christmas, you know what you would do with that. If all of a sudden something happened and somebody just like dropped money in your lap, you know what you would want to do with that. And that's because all of us, as I said, have something of a relationship with money. Because I remember the first time that I like had a purchase in mind that I couldn't get it out of my head. I was eight years old and my dad and myself, we were at this mall in the, in the town where, where I grew up and we're hanging at this mall and it was like this brand new, awesome, massive, really cool mall. Back when I thought malls were cool until I moved to Orange County and saw like Fashion Island was like, oh, this is actually really cool. We're walking through this mall and we're walking through and through and through and we stop by this sports store and all of a sudden I look and I see this thing and I didn't know, honestly, before that moment, I didn't know that I wanted this thing. But as I step into the store and I see this thing, I say, I have to, have to, have to have it. I stepped in right not knowing that I wanted anything, saw something and said, well, I think I want that. Thought about it for half a second, said, no, I don't want that. I need that. And then I said, you know what? I don't even have money on me, but I still have to have it. And so I, as this smart, young eight-year-old, go over to my dad and I say, dad, I want this Cleveland Indians hat. I really want this hat because in the 90s, the Indians were incredible. Jim Tomey just got like inducted into the Hall of Fame. They were the team to watch. They were awesome. And I said, Dad, I want this hat so, so, so bad. And I looked at him and I said, but Dad, as a savvy (laughs) eight-year-old, I don't got the money on me. But I just learned in school about something called credit. So I said, Dad, here's what I'll do. If you buy the hat for me now... I will pay it back to you in the next couple weeks. And, Dad, to make it better for you, I'll give you a little more money. So I'll pay you extra because that's how bad I want this thing. 
I've set my mind on it, my sight on it. And even though I don't have the money, I just need it. Guys, money impacts your life. For good, for bad, for sideways, money has an impact on all of our lives. For some of us, money is that thing that, that we realize that when I look to my right or to my left, I, I feel a little inferior. That's a big word. That money, when I look to my right or my left, the friends at my school or maybe even here at JHM, and I see that, man, they seem to have more stuff than I do. And because they have more stuff or because their parents have more money or maybe they spend it differently, I don't feel as good about myself because I don't have that newest, latest gadget. Like, I don't have the iPhone X, but all my buddies do. I don't have that new surfboard. I don't have that new camera for my vlog, but all my friends do. And for whatever reason, money or what money can do to buy things to make us feel good about ourselves, for whatever reason, guys, it has this grip on our hearts and it impacts our life. It can impact our life in good ways too. Money can allow us to do more things, to bless more people, to care for more people, to have opportunity to do things that we would never dream possible. But all of us, to some extent or another, have a relationship with money that is impactful. It is a grip on our heart and our lives. And that's why the Bible has a lot to say about money. If you guys were to open it up, and actually we will, can someone toss me a Bible? I totally forgot to bring mine up here. That's a rookie mistake. Thank you. So if you guys want, grab your Bibles. If you don't have one um, with you, go to the kind of the bins and grab one. We're going to be in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, the, the chapters are up there on the screen. The first person to get there, raise your hand and shout out the page number for everybody else, okay? But while we do that, guys, the Bible is a book that has so much to say about money. It has so much to say about money because God understands that the, the role that money can play in our hearts. God understands the role that money can play in our lives. God understands that we think that if I just have a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, then I'll be happy. But God says that money is something totally different. Something we'll talk about in a sec. Money is not something that we're supposed to use for our own selves and to be selfish with. Money is something rather that we can use as a tool to love God and to love others. So 2 Corinthians chapter 2, does somebody have it? Yep. All right. What's your name? What? Presley? Okay, Presley, what page is it? 433. I think that's, I think that's off. 2 Corinthians is towards the end. Not 2 Chronicles. 2 Corinthians, it's towards the end. You're good. 1149. There we go. That sounds more right. All right. There we go. Perfect. 1149. So the book of 2 Corinthians is not really a book. It's actually a letter. And these letters are letters written by this guy named Paul. And he's writing to this church in this town called Corinth, okay? So he writes a letter because he, he loves these people. He spent time with them. And he says, I want to remind you of what it looks like to follow Jesus. He says, I helped introduce you to Jesus. I helped you figure out what it was like to do life together as a church because we know doing life together is what's most important. That's why we have life groups. That's why we meet on Sundays. And Paul writes to this church, this group of people that he loves so much. And in these letters, he tells them things about how they can follow Jesus better. He tells them ways that, that when they follow Jesus, how that should impact their life. And he gets to this uncomfortable subject, if you will, of money. Because money, he knows, has a grip on our hearts. But money, he also knows, is a tool that God can use for his glory. So look at this. We're going to start in chapter 8. I'm only going to read a few verses, then we're going to skip over to chapter 9, okay? 
Paul is writing this to his friends in the church in Corinth. And he says, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters. I want you to know what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They're being tested by many troubles and they're very poor. But they're also filled with abundant joy, which has flowed, overflowed in rich generosity. It's just for I can testify, I can show you that they gave not only what they could afford, but they gave way more. They did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. Skip over to chapter 9, looking at verse 1. Paul writes, and he says, I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. Because I know how eager, how excited you are to help. I've been boasting, I've been bragging to all the churches in Macedonia, another part of the world, that you who are in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred many of them up to begin giving themselves. Skip down to verse 6. He says this, he says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure from others. Because God loves someone who gives cheerfully. So Paul is writing to his friends and he says, hey, there is this thing. There's this work that you know about all the way across the world. And there are churches all across the world that are starting to take their money, take the giftings and talents, the things that God has given them, and give it away. Because they understand that their money, the stuff that they have, can be used as a tool. And he says this line in chapter 9, verse 6, where he says this. He says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. What he's saying, guys, is this, is that the more you begin to see money, not as something that you should just use for yourself. You can, and it's not wrong to. God gives us money so that we can care for ourselves. That's, you work hard, you get money, you can care for yourself. But he also allows us to have money and other stuff so that we can be a blessing to others. And what he's saying is this, is that the more you give your stuff away, the less selfish you are with your money, the less selfish you are with your time, the less selfish you are with the stuff you already have, and the more generous you are, the more generous you become. Does that make sense? The more you practice being generous, the more generous you want to be. The less you practice being generous, the more you, we'll we'll put it this way, the more you practice being selfish, the more selfish you'll want to be. Does that make sense? Yeah? And so he talks about this And he talks about it a lot. And so money or other stuff is a tool. It's a tool that you can use. It's a tool that I can use to bless others. And so the question that I want to kind of set up for us today is really this question of how do we give it away? Not all of it, but how do we give money away? And how does it become something in our mindset, even as middle schoolers and junior hires, to say, I want to be someone who begins to think about money differently than maybe my parents, differently than my older siblings, differently than everybody else at school. I want to think about money God's way because God's the one who ultimately owns it and God's the one who has the right plan for it. That's how we should live our entire life. Everything in life we should put through this lens, this filter of thinking through, how does God want me to use it? How does God want me to live? Because God's way is better and bigger and he has my best interest at heart. 
So maybe you're here and you're thinking, but Kevin, I, I get it. This makes sense in a way. Like if I'm generous, if I use the money that God's given me, I can use it as a tool. But Kevin, I, I'm in junior high. I don't got a ton of money. I'm not overflowing with cash. What does this mean for me? Well, a few things. The first, I would say, is that you have something that matters. No matter who you are, you have something that matters. And it might be money, but it also might be your time. It might be your talents. It might be the things that you've been gifted with. It might be the relationships you have or the place that you live on your street. You have something that matters, something that you can choose to use for yourself alone or something you can choose to use for God and for others. Jesus has given you, he's entrusted you with something very important. And how you use whatever that thing is, is massively important. But here's the, the, the little insight that I want to give you kind of as we get ready to close. Is that if you don't start living a life of generosity now, if you don't start seeing money as a tool, this opportunity to be used not just for self but for others now, it'll get harder to do so later. I've got friends who keep saying, hey, when I'm 30, that's when I'll be generous. When I land that big job, that's when I'll be generous. When I'm making whatever the line is for them, that's when I'll be generous. That's when I'll give money to God. That's when I'll care for others in a different way. And if you don't learn to be generous with the little you have now, it's actually going to be harder to be generous with more later. Think about it this way. If I was to give you $10, or say you have $10, and I said, hey, is it hard for you when you have $10 to give $1 away to someone? No, right? But by that same math, if I gave you $1,000 and said, is it hard for you to give $100 away? You'd probably say yes, right? Because $100 seems like a lot of money, but by percentage, it's the exact same amount. And so as a middle schooler, as a junior hire, what you can learn now is to say, I'm going to fix tweak my relationship with money so that when I'm older, it doesn't have the grip on me that it does to maybe my parents or others that I know. When I was a, a kid, my parents taught me this little principle, and they called it 10-10-80. It's really simple. You can do whatever you want with this, but 10-10-80. And I remember even when I was in that space of, of buying that, that Cleveland Indians hat, I had this principle still in mind. The idea was this, is that if I got $10 a week for allowance, this is how it would work. The first 10 I would give to God, or the first 10%. So if I had 10 bucks, the first dollar would go to God. That would go in something where I would either give it to church, or I would save it up, and I'd be able to give it towards something that I knew God would care about. The next 10 I would give towards savings. And I would say, you know what? I know that I'm going to want something like a Cleveland Indians hat in the future, and so I'm going to save towards that. And guess what? If I save over the course of time, I'll have enough to buy that and not have to worry about credit with my dad. And then 80 was the idea that the other 80% of that $10, $8 is for me to spend on however I choose. But I learned early on the importance of saying, I'm going to give God the first 10, the first $1 of the 10. I'm going to give him that. I'm going to put the next 10 or the next one aside. And the other 8 or the 80% I'm going to keep. And you know what's been crazy? Is the older I've gotten and the more money that I've earned, the easier it is for me to still do this. Because I'm not starting from scratch. Because when I was a kid, I learned to give away $1. So it made giving $100 
a lot easier. Guys, God loves you. And because he loves you, he talks a lot about money because he doesn't want you to have, it, to have the grip on your heart that it has for so many people. He wants your relationship with money to be one where you're freed up to be a generous person. He wants you to use it as a tool. So here's our bottom line. Each of you has something that matters. Each of you has something that matters, whether it's your money, your time, your talents, your relationships, you have something that matters. So my question for you as you leave is this. What has God entrusted to you and how can you use it for God and for others? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for just the time in this community. God, thank you for JHM and the fact that they are choosing to step into conversations around money. Nobody likes to talk about money, but you do because you know it can have a big grip on our hearts. But you also do because you love what we can do with it to bless others. So God, we love you. We praise you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.